0: Might not be over yet. Five seconds. to no, you let it bounce. Thirteen. Thirteen. Can you believe it? He's kicked first. Welcome back to the 32nd episode of the Boy O Boy Wally podcast. Today we'll be chatting to one of the AFL's biggest superstars. He's played 104 games for Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Has also won the AFL Nav Rising Star and the Coaches Association Young Player of the Year. Please welcome Jay Ramirez. Thanks guys for coming on today, mate. It's
1: so easy Barney, thanks for having me.
0: How'd you first get involved in footy?
1: Um, so I grew up, I was actually, I was born in Perth, um, and lived in Perth until I was six. Um, and i probably, first memories of footy of just having a kick in the backyard, uh, with my old man. We had a, a border collie growing up. Um, we've always, we always had dogs growing up and always had border collies and we've got fond memories of just having a kick of the footy with my old man in, in the backyard with the border collie, uh, running up and up and forth and trying to catch the ball, um, trying to bite your foot when you kick the footy. So <laughs> uh, that's probably my first memories of, of having a kick of the footy.
0: Yeah, when did you start to take footy seriously? Uh,
1: probably, I reckon, around 14, 14 or 15. I, was, um, I played a lot of different sports, like I grew up in... When when I was six, we moved to a country town, um, Dongra, which is about three and a half hours north of Perth. And I grew up just playing heaps of different sports. I was really into my basketball and, and footy um, and tennis as well. Um, so it was kind of, you know, a juggling act between footy and basketball and, and tennis, mainly mainly the basketball and tennis. But I played like a high level basketball until I was 15 or 16. And then I, decided that I wanted to go down the footy path and started taking it a bit more seriously then.
0: Yeah. What was your lead up to the draft, like being that it was in a
1: mini draft? Yeah, it was uh, it was different. Um, I didn't have to go through that whole process of draft night and, you know, stressing about um, whether my name was going to get called out or uh, what pick I was going to go and all that kind of thing. I um, was fortunate enough to be told that, you um, One way or another, one way or another, I was going to go to a club and go, you know, 12 months prior to what I was meant to. So I was really fortunate to get that opportunity and had 12 months at the Gold Coast before I was eligible to play AFL footy um, to, you know, have 12 months to get ready for the following year.
0: Yeah. What was that like being drafted to a new club at Gold Coast?
1: It was, yeah, it was good. It was exciting. Um, You know, I was, I was keen to, I did my, so I was lucky enough to do AIS and part of the AIS program, you get to do um, a couple of weeks training with an AFL club. So I did mine with the Frio Dockers. Um, so I was, I was lucky enough to get that experience. And then um, they were pretty keen on taking me. So I thought, you know, I was, go- I was going to be staying in WA potentially. Um, but then I was really excited to get the opportunity to to move into state and kind of forge a career for myself. I was, um, you know, quite an independent kid and I did year 12 in, in Perth. So I I lived away from family as a 16, 17 year old. So I was, I gained quite a bit of independence doing that. And um, yeah, I was just really excited about the opportunity to go into state. And um, I was, you know, I knew a couple of guys from WA near Brandon Matera, Dave Swallow and Harley Burnell. So there were some familiar faces going over there. It wasn't just, you know, rocking up and not knowing anyone. So that was exciting too.
0: Yeah. What was it like to leave WA at such uh, at a young age for Gold Coast?
1: Yeah. Um, as I said before, it was exciting. It was daunting. Um, you know, I just literally finished um, high school and then I think I had you know, two or three weeks post my exams and I was heading to um, the Gold Coast after that. And we were actually going on a pre-season camp over to Arizona. So I rocked up on the Gold Coast and um, all the boys had already left for Arizona. So I, I stayed the night at one of our coaches places, um, Sean Hart and uh, the following morning we were flying over to America to go on a pre-season camp. So it was uh, pretty crazy. Um, And my first, you know, the first time I got to meet any of the players was in in arizona on a training camp so that was that was pretty cool
0: yeah what was it like when you were drafted and what was your feelings
1: uh yeah i was I was ecstatic um you know I felt like I had a, a big build up to getting to that point and um, I did a lot of car trips with uh, my parents down to perth for trainings and I know you hear stories about that all the time but it takes a lot of sacrifice from your family and I've got three sisters so um for one of their parents to have to drive down to to Perth once a week and, and not have their their mother or father there for that night was a big sacrifice for them too so um yeah I think the whole family was ecstatic for me and um I think really yeah really excited
0: yeah what was the first couple of weeks at Gold Coast like for you
1: um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. The, the weather was amazing over there. Mm. It was um, my first time at a AFL club. So that was all exciting. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was daunting, but I felt like they made me feel really comfortable straight away. Well, lucky enough that most of the guys were, you know, only a year or two older than me. The, the majority of the players had only had one, maybe two seasons in the competition. So felt like we were all on the same page a little bit. It wasn't like walking into a club with... A lot of um, veterans on the list There was obviously guys like Gary Abbott and Campbell Brown And uh, Michael Riscitelli that were there But the majority of the group was a bit younger Which helped
0: Yeah, was there anyone at the club when you first Got there that you sort of looked up to?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely I think, you know um, Michael Riscitelli and, and Gary Ablett Were probably two that I, I really looked up to And then um, I, I, I really looked up to Dave Swallow He was you know, one of the hardest trainees at the club um, and I kind of followed his lead a little bit and in the end, both of us probably trained a little bit too hard um, and ended up with some, some injuries probably um, caused from that. So we had to learn the hard way a little bit, but um, yeah, I think Dave, Michael and, and Gary are probably three that I really followed. Yeah, was there someone who sort of acted
0: as a mentor or did you sort of feed off more than one person?
1: Uh, yeah, fed off probably more than one person. I would, I'd say probably those three blokes again. Um, uh, you know, Michael and, and Dave, um, probably from a, a training point of view, trained harder than anyone else on the list, in my opinion. And, and then Gaz was just the, the kind of person that you'd go to for advice in terms of, you know, how can I, how can I get better as a footballer? Um, what sort of things do you do? Um, obviously he was at the the peak of his game when I was there, um, so I was lucky enough to witness that. But it was just the the little things that he did, you know, not necessarily train the hardest out of everyone, but it was the the stuff that he did away from the the field and um, just his belief in himself and um, a little bit of the mental side of the game as well that that really helped.
0: Yeah, what was it like training for a year with Gold Coast
1: before you you were allowed to debut? It was cool. It was um, it was it was weird. Like it felt like I was just a um, you know, I just do all, all the training and not really get to play because I only end up playing um, six games that year. I was the club decided that I, that I'd only play against the AFL um, reserves team. So that I think there was maybe five five AFL teams in the uh, NEFL competition. So I would only play against them, and then um, so that meant I only played six games for the year because I ended up having. Um, surgery on my groin in my first year as well. So I literally spent a year in the gym and um, got as strong as strong as I could get for the following year and played a, a few games, but mainly just did, you know, cross-training, weights, and then um, a fair bit of running as well.
0: Yeah, what was your lead-up to your debut like?
1: Um, it was good. It was a because I had that year where um, – you know, I got to basically get ready for the following year. It was, it was like a long time coming. Um, the previous year, I was actually – I got um, clearance from the AFL to play in the preseason competition. So I got to play um, two games in the preseason comp in the AFL side. Um, so I got a little bit of a taste for it, but it just felt like a really big build-up um, for, for my debut game. And, um, yeah, we played – I think we played St. Kilda – um, all my family was there and uh, we ended up winning, which was awesome. And then after the match, I, I remember we they give you little footies or they give you something um, to give out after a win, um, especially at your home ground. So that day it was a little footy and I was trying to find a little kid to give the footy to and I went to the opposite side of the ground to the majority of the players and then bumped into all my family, um, which was a cool experience and I've still got a photo Uh, with my old man after the match and embracing each other. So that was a a really special moment to share with him.
0: Yeah. When did you find that you find out that you were going to debut?
1: Uh, I found, I reckon it was maybe a couple of weeks before round one, um, Bluey McKenna told me, but um, I don't think he told the the actual group until, you know, the week of um, round one and, uh yeah so I think I found out a couple of weeks before but I was told to keep it to myself until the following week
0: yeah what was it like to earn NAB Rising star nomination
1: it was cool um yeah I've I was lucky enough to have a pretty strong first year um and I feel like that was uh partly because I had that year before to you know get ready and um try and understand what the rigors of AFL footy were going to be like so um yeah, it was a nice, nice little touch. And it was the same year that Gary uh, won his brown though. So I, um, I got to tag along with him a little bit for some, you know, we came down to the AFL grand final for the parade and all that kind of stuff. So I just basically hung off his coattails and did all these things with him, which was cool.
0: Yeah, what was your first year at Gold Coast like?
1: Uh, it was good. Do you mean my... The first year when I was, you know, the playing, first, playing in AFL, yeah, the, the, the playing, playing, uh, it was, yeah, it was good. We actually, we, I think we started the year off really well and um, looked like we were going to be all right. And then probably halfway through the season, we dropped off a, a fair bit. But um, I don't know. I was like, I was just obsessed with obsessed with footy, so I was trying to improve as much as possible throughout that year um, and end up having a, a reasonably good year myself. Um, but I think I think we finished like 13th or 14th, so didn't really do too well as a, as a team. But um, yeah, I just I just loved I just loved everything that AFL footy was.
0: Yeah, what was it like to play the most amount of games possible in your first two years?
1: Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, I've, uh, I think I played every single game for the first two years, and then after that, I missed two years in a row, um, which is a bit frustrating, but. It was, yeah, it was an amazing opportunity. Um, and, you know, 44 games straight in your first couple of years is um, pretty pretty cool to do. Um, I got a lot of experience out of it, but in my second year I um, I was carrying some patellar and then that's when after that I, I had some surgery on that and ended up rupturing one of my patella tendons. So um, in hindsight, I probably should have taken a rest here or there in my second year. Um, And, you know, after growing up a little bit and maturing, um, you know that sometimes you can't play every game, but I was just hell-bent on playing every game and and not wanting to miss a game or miss out on an opportunity. So I I was going out there a little bit um, probably undone and a little bit too sore to play. So looking back, I probably should have taken a rest or two.
0: Yeah, what was it like to miss a whole heap of chunk of footy through injury?
1: Um, Yeah, it it was... yeah, it was tough. It was um, definitely one of the, oh, it, was, it was easily the lowest point in my career. I, you know, I played the 44 games straight and everything was looking pretty rosy. I probably at times thought I was uh, invincible. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, the two, two missing two years was, yeah, it was really tough. And especially early on, I didn't really know too much about the injury and it was a bit of a rare one. So um, there was a lot of unknown. Um, but I think, you know, I've, uh, I've moved on from that now and everything happens for a reason. So I feel like I've um, become a better person from going through all that kind of stuff and um, I wouldn't change it now.
0: Yeah. How much of a toll did the injury take on your sort of view of footy? Uh,
1: yeah, probably, yeah, for a while there because i had actually, after that, after my second year, I'd actually gone to um, over to London to have some some surgery on both my knees um, and I had to do a six month rehab after that. So I basically missed the whole preseason um, after my second year. Uh, and then uh, my first game back, I was only meant to play two games in, uh, sorry, two quarters in a, in a reserves match, just for some mat- match fitness. Um, and then I ended up rupturing my patellar tendon. So it was like six months of hard work. And then all of a sudden I was told that I was going to be out for potentially 12 months, maybe longer um, so that was really, really hard to take. And um, as I said before, I didn't really know too much about the injury. So there was a lot of unknown there. Uh, so, yeah, it was hard. I, I took a little bit of time away from the club and, um, you know, when you're coming into the club and only doing rehab every day and everyone else is training and getting ready for games, it it um, takes a toll on you. So I had some frustrating times there, but, um, yeah, touch wood, my knee's all good now and hopefully having a big year this year.
0: Yeah, what led to the decision to request a trade to the Hawks?
1: Uh, a lot of a lot of different things. Um, I think you know, probably if I hadn't have done my knee injury, then I probably wouldn't have had um, that moment where I was like, "Shall I move clubs?" You know, I was everything before that had, was going reasonably well for me, um, but there, it was just a moment in my life where. You know, I was a in a bit of a, a dark place, and I was wondering if there was like uh, something that I needed to do. Do I need to do I need to change? Do I need to move somewhere else? Do I need to get away? Um, and then a, num- a number of other things in terms of what I wanted to do outside of footy as well. Um, so it wasn't just it wasn't just one thing in particular. But um, yeah, I think that I think that if I hadn't done my knee, then I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have requested a trade in the end. You can never say never and who knows what would have happened um, differently. But, yeah, it was probably the fact that I'd been in rehab for two years and felt like I needed to um, have a change to try and catapult my career back on track, um, that was probably the, the crux of it.
0: Yeah, what was it like to leave the club that drafted you?
1: It was hard. Yeah, it was really hard. It was something that I've um, denied about for a long time. One day I'd, I definitely wanted to stay and then the next day I wanted to leave and I felt like I did that for probably six months where I was just, um, my head was a little bit all over the place. You know, I, I, I had some really good friendships at the footy club and I'd been there for five years and a number of those guys had supported me through those two years where I was injured. Um, so to make that decision to to leave was definitely the one of the hardest decisions i've made in my life um but yeah to tell you know your close some of your close friends like um the guys that i especially the guys that i live with the guys that i'd played a lot of footy with that was probably the hardest conversations to tell them that you're you're gonna leave but i think the the, the main thing for me is that the guys that um i was really close with and and cared about me as a person rather than just a footballer I'm still really close with now. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah. What were your first couple of weeks at the Hawks like?
1: Um, yeah. The, yeah. It was almost like I was a 17 year old kid again, trying to, you know, gain the, gain the respect of my teammates and all that. I think you want to make a, a really good impression when you go to a club and um, I was no different. I, uh, I was um, pretty banged up because I'd had some some more surgery on my knee, so I spent another off season trying to um, rebuild my body. Um, and we kind of had a a good chat with the medicos and high performance staff at the Hawks, and um, we were just going to take it really slowly with my knee. And um, so that meant that I wasn't really doing much training early on. So blokes from the Hawks are probably looking at me and thinking, "Why have we re- recruited or traded for this bloke? Because he's." <laughs> Maybe not going to play too many games, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was cool in the sense that I had a relationship with Tommy Mitchell as well, who was heading there, so um, we'd had a fair few conversations prior to getting to um, the club, and um, that was just someone that a familiar face that made it a bit easier.
0: Yeah, what was what was it like to have an injury plague first year at the Hawks?
1: Uh, yeah, frustrating, really frustrating. I, um, I actually re-injured my knee against the, the Suns as well. So we went up there in round four, I think, of my first year at the Hawks. And um, body was feeling really good. I um, we had gone into the season and, and played reasonably well in the first round, and um, and then went up to the Gold Coast in round four, and just had um, I didn't have an instance where I did anything, but I had um, a, I was really sore. Probably after uh, half time, and then eventually figured out that I had a stress reaction in my kneecap, um, still a little hot spot, which took a while for us to diagnose. But um, yeah, so that meant I only ended up playing six games in my first year, which was which was really frustrating.
0: Yeah, what was it like to play a lot more footy the year after that?
1: Yeah, it was it was nice. It was a bit of a change for me from the previous three years. I had only played six games in, in three years. So it was not much of a return, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to play some more footy. And I feel like every year my, my knees felt better and better. And, um, you know, this year I haven't had had to have any surgery in the off season, so that's nice. I've been able to do a full off season program and then a full pre season. So I'm looking forward to, to this year.
0: Yeah, what was it like to be a consistent midfielder
1: in the Hawks after all the injuries you went through? Um, yeah, yeah, good. I wouldn't say that I've been too consistent. Um, you know, that's probably been uh, a bit of my downfall is that I've been a little bit inconsistent um, over my career. Um, so something that I'm looking forward to, to developing on and hopefully I'm a more consistent footballer. But I think the biggest thing for me is making sure that you know, my body's my body's um, good and that gives me the best chance to play the most consistent footy I can. Um, I understand that my knee at times is going to get sore, but it's just doing everything I can in my power to make sure I feel as, as good as possible on game day. So hopefully a bit more consistency from me.
0: Yeah, what was it like to play finals in
1: 2018? That was, yeah, good taste. say. So we played... Um, we played Richmond in the first one that was my first ever final so that was felt like it was a long time coming But um, and then I actually got injured in that game as well so I missed the following week against the D so a bit of a story of my career is injuries <laughs> unfortunately so yeah we made the top four and then um, obviously got the double chance but I played the Richmond game and we lost and then um, unfortunately pulled up really sore in my in my Knee, so missed the the next one, and then we're we'll out in a straight sets. So I've only played the one final, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, what was it like to be named vice captain prior to twenty twenty?
1: Uh, yeah, really cool. Um, you know, it's such a such a, a big club with a, a rich history, um, and some some of the leaders that have gone before have had such a good career. So um, something that is really humbling, and I'm. Um, Delighted and honoured to lead um, our crop of players, and uh, it was cool to work underneath Benny Stratton um, last year as a vice captain with Tom, and then and then this year we've got another Ben in, in Ben McAvoy, so working alongside him, which is um, which is nice.
0: Yeah, what was it like to play with Gary Ablett?
1: Yeah, really cool. He uh, he's a freak. Um, we had our game plan at the Gold Coast was probably just to give it to Gaz. Um, but no, he's he was yeah, amazing, amazing to play alongside. Um, you would yeah, I don't know, you would literally see him and give him the ball because he's that good. You could just put it in his area and he'd do something crazy with it. But um yeah, it was I've got really fond memories of playing alongside him and it was awesome to, you know, it was it's probably more so when I have kids or grandkids when I'm older. And I can say that I played alongside Gary Ablett Jr. It's pretty cool to say.
0: Yeah. What's it like being coached by Clarko?
1: Yeah. Clarko's um, he's awesome. He's um, he's a, a very caring coach. Um, he yeah, he generally cares about his players as, as people, not just footballers. He's a, he's a hard ass and, um, he, he can have a crack ear on um, a training session or in a, in a match review or on game day. Uh, but I, I think I think that's that's a good thing. I think it's he's got a really good balance and um, I like a coach that gives you feedback, gives you honest feedback. And sometimes it's um, it might be hard to take, but he's only doing it from a place of care and for us to get better. So yeah, I've been working pretty closely with him um, now that we're, you know, in the leadership group and, um, everything. So he's got hopefully he's got a few things up his sleeve this year that can propel us up the ladder.
0: Yeah. What was it like when playing in the midfield with Tommy Mitchell when he had that Brownlow year?
1: Yeah, awesome. I um I I live with Tommy um for a couple of years here in Melbourne. So um good friends with him. And um I was there on Brownlow night when he won as well. So um you know he works. He works extremely hard. He works probably harder than anyone I've seen um, in my career, and not just not just at training um, or at the club, but away from the club as well. He he works tirelessly, and it's um, yeah, it's it's no no um, yeah, just the way that he does, just the way that he you know works so hard and is able to get the best out of himself. It's a credit to him that. Um, but it was yeah, it was pretty cool to. I've played with two Brown medalists now, so Gaz in one year and then Tommy in another, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, who are the best players you've played with?
1: Uh, I would say I'd say Gaz is probably or well, definitely number one. Um, I didn't get to play too many games with him. Uh, I wish I got to play more, but Cyril is number two, and I would say I would I would say unfortunately he didn't have a very long career. Um, and somewhat, you know, interrupted with some issues off the field or whatever, but I would say that Harley Bunnell, um is number three for me. Just the amount of talent that he has um, is incredible and um, it's, un- it's unfortunate that he's still not playing the game. I wish he was because he's got so much talent and he could have been anything. He had his fair share of injuries as well, so I would say those three. Yep.
0: Um, who are some of the best opponents you've played on
1: Um uh in my early career, I would I reckon Travis Boak. Um in my early career, I got I got the opportunity to do some tagging, um, which kind of it was kind of um you know a, a bit of a learning experience for me to try and understand how hard the you know elite midfielders worked or what they were what they were good at, how they got, you know, a little inch on everyone else. Um and I remember tagging Travis Boak in my second year and he was, he was at the peak of his powers then. And he was, yeah, he was probably one of the toughest opponents I've had. Um, I think the, you know, the bigger midfielders now are really hard to play on, um, you know, Dusty, um, Nat Five, Paddy Dangerfield, those type of guys that are a bit bigger. Patrick Cripps is probably one of them as well. I think those bigger body midfielders that Marcus Bondapelli he's hard to play against because you go to a centre bounce or a stoppage against them and they've just got so much height and um, their arm span is just ridiculous compared to yours. So it feels like you're playing on a ruckman at a centre <laughs> bounce or a stoppage. Um, so probably probably those guys.
0: Yeah, what have your milestone game has been for you, like for you?
1: Um, oh, it's probably been... I've, I got to play my 100th last year in Perth, which was cool, but it was during COVID, so I didn't even get to see any of my family or do a celebration or anything so that was a bit bittersweet but um, I've yeah been fortunate enough to play in some milestone matches with um, my teammates here at Hawthorne and most of them have been you know 200 or 250 or 300 games Shawnee Burgoyne's like breaking records in terms of um, how many games played by an indigenous player um, he should you know probably play 400 this year which is just crazy um, so it's been been probably sharing those milestones with my teammates that's been more special.
0: Yeah, what, is, what has it been like not to play finals in the last two years?
1: Uh, yeah, frustrating, um, really frustrating. That's obviously why we're playing the game is to try and win a flag and to not make finals is not really what this club um, – stands for so hopefully we can propel quickly up the ladder this year we I think we finished 15th last season which is not where we belong and not where we think we belong so um hopefully we've we feel like we've improved over this pre-season and hopefully we can take some momentum into the year but um who knows and and I think the competition's so tight you know anyone can win it so hopefully we can get back into that top eight and um get back and and playing some finals footy
0: had any advice for young footballers, what would it be?
1: Uh it's a good question. Um I would say I would say making sure that you've got a, a balance. Um you know a lot of a lot of young kids these days forget to have fun and take it really seriously and some have parents that are really full on. So I think just having depending on depending on what age you are but I think just make sure you're having fun and um if you do if you do love your footy then making sure that you're practicing skills on both sides of your body, whether that be handballing or kicking. Um, I think that's a, that's a big difference in some of the the best players compared to the, the players that are good, but not quite at the top level of the, the sport. So practicing on both sides of your body.
0: Yeah. What was it like to play footy last year during COVID?
1: It was weird. Yeah. Very, very strange. Um, I think the novelty kind of wore off after one game and, um, you know, a a big love of mine after coming to Hawthorne is playing in front of big crowds. So um, I definitely miss the crowds, but it looks like we'll have 50% um, capacity back here in Victoria and I'm not sure what the other states are doing, but hopefully we get um, some big crowds back at our games.
0: Everything I got for you, mate. Thanks, H,
1: once again for coming on. No, it's too easy, mate. No problem at all. Might not be over yet. Five seconds to no, Let it bounce. Thirteen. Thirteen. Can you believe it? He's kicked.